It's time to wrap our tentacles around the worlds of entertainment and give it a good squeeze. This is the Squid Fellows Podcast. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Squid Fellows Podcast. Playing cell phone games uh, is the lovely Tony uh, Maher. And over there picking his butthole is uh, the luscious red-headed Andy. You gotta make sure I'm You got games on your lady. phone? He's gonna stick it right in his mouth. Oh. Alright, fellow listeners. I'm here to talk about Ari, or Ari, Ari, we'll go with Ari, Ari Esther. Uh, he's my favorite horror director of all time. That's horror, not horror. You said horror. I am a whore, so inherently I'm going to say whore. I'm sorry. Well, he's a very good whore director. Somebody wants to touch my penis. I enjoy the whores. Horrors, horror films, the horror films as well. So he directed my favorite, um, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, I guess horror film of the decade. We'll, we'll go with. Okay, what was the movie? Step bro, Ben's stepsister over outside the microwave. Yes. What are you doing? Directorial debut. That was his directorial debut. I'm stuck. <laughs> and that's it. My review's done. He was ahead of the trend. <laughs> How long uh, did it he take directed you to he, he directed Hereditary. <laughs> so I saw this movie in theaters. And just seeing the trailer alone, I was showing as many people as I can the trailer. I was just like, you gotta fucking see this trailer. It's fucking crazy. It looks insane. This movie looks actually kinda scary. And then I went to the theater, and uh, I got in, and we're watching this movie. As I'm watching it in the theater, um, I was never, ever not invested in this film. I thought it was amazing. I was watching it, and it wasn't just corny fucking paranormal activity, the grudge type of bullshit jump scares. There was one jump scare in the movie. Excuse me, I burped. And uh, it was when a bird flew into a window. So not a particularly scary thing. I don't know. Unless you're a vegan. I almost shit my dick. (laughs) Unless you're a vegan. When it happened. But I saw this movie in theaters and I was completely enthralled. I was just like, holy. I never saw a movie with this much thought in a long time in the horror aspect of film very slow burn and towards the end of the movie um it just kind of fucking slammed the gas pedal down uh zero to a, well not zero it was like 40 to 40 to 100 miles an hour and it was um it within the last two decades, this was the only movie that I've seen in theaters where I was like, I was really just sitting in my seat, clenching my fucking, the, clenching, just clenching the seat. Okay. I was just clenching it. Like, I should fucking get the fuck out of here. I think this you've is too much. the movie quite a bit. What's it? Can you describe the plot? Like, I will describe the plot. Bit? I'm getting there. But it is the one movie that I've seen in probably two decades where I've, I, I felt like I needed to actually leave the theater. Okay. So the movie is, um, it's about a, it, it's called Hereditary. It's about a hereditary demon. 
and you can't always escape them and family is not always the best thing for you some demons are hereditary you sometimes get what your family gives you you get what your parents give you sometimes happens whether it's it a happens. whether it's, it's a, a demon or not, yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, my father had a penis. Yeah, he, I don't. He gave you. Well, then yeah. you got your mom's non-penis. It's really just a lottery, you know. You never know. If they say you're male, you might not be. Yeah. It's actually it. It's there's a lot of thought that went into this movie. So it's, it's not full of like how a lot of horror movies are full of a bunch of plot holes. And, yeah, it's not it's not paranormal activity. There's a ghost like say this scenario. There's a ghost in this house and it's here because there was a family that was here and something happened and ghosts in the house. Ghosts ghosts in the house got that gop. That ghost ass pussy. That ghastly ass pussy. The gape. The gape. It's just really fantastic. It's a fantastic story about a demon that is that transcends generations and is passed down via bloodlines. Lovely. It's really great, and they have like a kind of retarded-looking girl in the movie. Millie Shapiro is her name. You love girls that look a little funky. Oh, no, I don't like not, this one. No, she's not like an attractive character. She's supposed to be ugly and disgusting because it sets it up for... like. You just sort of hate her, but then be really taken aback by a, t- a turning point in the storyline oh, okay. uh, that happens to her. Yeah, it's almost like a turning point that kind of makes you lose your mind. Yeah, but they make you they make you dislike her very much, just because of the way she acts. She's not necessarily a bad person, uh, but they make you dislike her a lot and then they kind of make you throw something at you that's pretty crazy and drastic. And you have to sit there and, uh, you know, decide whether, you know, the last 30 minutes of the movie you watched, were you justified in feeling how you felt? Like, they kind of, they make you question, you know, They really do. Okay. How mean I, you were. you're going to hate her and you're going to vocalize. Ah, that bitch is stupid. I didn't, I actually didn't hate her. I She's thought got she tiny was, nipples. I, I thought she was very misunderstood. I didn't hate her very much. The spiel is she's a young girl. She's, like, probably Teenager? 13... At 13 at most barely legal and um she's she's got a lot yeah 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 she's in some countries she's perfectly legal depending on where you are in the world well well she her age is off the clock so unfortunately she missed the balls shout out to germany <laughs> she's weird she's got a lot of things wrong with her she looks really awkward. Like, she is a. She does she, have a very off-putting appearance. Yeah, she has a ton of allergies. She's very socially awkward, and uh, that that just kind of gives you a picture of what we're describing. And uh, Ari Aster behind the camera really was able to capitalize on looking at her with a low angle because she looks even more scary with a lower angle. It's honestly a very very great scary movie but you're not going to be scared the entire time it's an incredibly slow burn which which i'm a fan of i i could wait i'm good at waiting as long as i actually get fucking terrified by the end of the movie yeah so back to the ari aster aspect well the internet says it was his directorial debut 
So like yeah, that was movie. for a big time movie for for he has made a bunch of short films and he made a short film called The Turtle's Head. His directorial style, he focuses mostly on cinematography and subtle very subtle lore. He puts okay. a lot of stuff in the background of his movies, so you have to watch them multiple times. Every single one. He has Midsummer. Midsummer is fantastic. I love that movie. There are any movies in the near future that this director's making that you're excited for? Does he only do like dark horror comedy stuff? So he's doing a new film. There's humongous speculation going on around it. I'm pretty sure that Joaquin Phoenix was cast as the main role for his new movie. And I think it's called Bo is Scared. Like Bo Burnham, the crappy rap comedian guy? There's literally <laughs> probably millions of people named Bo that you could have mentioned otherwise. But you know, no, not like that. Yeah, but that uh, guy different in particular. Bo. He's Dif- just a corny sack of shit. Uh, different Bo. Okay. Uh, different Bo. Okay. Joaquin Phoenix Bo. Um, there's speculation as to whether it's going to be a, a dark comedy or a regular horror film. Midsummer's fantastic. Uh, last time I watched, uh, we'll go back to Midsummer. Last time I watched Midsummer, I was blasted out on mushrooms. I think that's the way to watch it. I mean, you could say that about any movie, respectively. All right, yeah, that's probably true. You're probably, yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, most but cinematography this movie, this, this masterpieces movie, are going to be visually pleasing. I will go ahead and say that Midsummer is more geared towards mushrooms because there's a lot of mushroom use in the movie. Well, I think that just well, makes a direct correlation. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. That's totally not clever at all. And it's just like, ah, oh, the movie's telling me to. Ah, fuck me. Ah, no, woo. the movie's not telling you to. But, but not, also, they had. So, also, also in Midsummer, no, not, not they have. Literally. The, so visually, they do have the most accurate representation of what it is like to see visuals on mushrooms in this movie. Indeed, but uh, hereditary. So I, I'd kind of like to throw a little monkey wrench in there because let's go for it. It's a long movie. I was actually a fan of the first forty-five minutes um, because they, they that set up a really interesting potential plot where the awkward girl we were talking about earlier who has all these allergies and whatnot kind of gets developed and then this huge huge turning point this huge catalyst for the movie to kind of like evolve and like go in in a really interesting direction actually doesn't happen by the end of the movie you're kind of just sitting there like well what happened to all the other characters that got development and and what happened to all the other people that kind of played significant roles throughout the movie and they're all just don't matter and the ending is completely uncomprehensible and you have to look it up to truly understand what it means Um, because they spend so much time developing these really 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 cool characters i agree that they kind of just panic at the end and throw it in there and they throw it at you and you're like what the fuck is going on and don't get me wrong it's one of the most unique and interesting endings i've ever seen to a movie it just, uh, when it's unclear what the plot was meant to do by the end of the movie, it's like a little off-putting that I had to look it up. That's the only gripe I have with the movie. It's understandable, too. It's not the first time that I've heard that gripe. Yeah. And 
But you like, don't mind. Like I, like I said, like that, I though. said, I it's understandable. But I will do the research. I've done so much research just because of this movie. Yeah, I did the research, I, and there were tits and there were dicks, and I liked them. But I enjoy a movie that's going to make me want to do research afterwards. You know, I don't. I I enjoy a movie that assumes its audience is you know willing. To go yeah, out and look for that shit. That, but that's not my main problem. It's not that I had to look I don't like to be up. fed. I don't like to be fed every single bit of information. But that's what a movie is supposed to do. It's, a, it's supposed to let you go into the vignettes on your own time and explore like the references on your own time and then get to its plot and actually have a message. But like the, my problem is that let's take a movie like Donnie Darko. So they, they, they spend the whole movie confusing the fuck out of you and making you really invested in this Donnie Darko character. And, oh, his schizophrenia, it's making him do crazy things that he wouldn't otherwise be able to do. And okay. then you get to the end of the movie and you're like, what the fuck is going on? How did that just happen? And I'm just going to spoil it because it's an old movie. It's, it yeah, was made in the 2000s. Like, you can go watch it on anything now. Yeah, you can watch it on YouTube if you want to. Honestly, if you if if you haven't seen it, you should have the, by now. The movie so. the movie's about time travel. It, you get to the end, and there's some references to time travel in the middle of the movie, but it it does so well to shroud that in his insanity that you you don't think about ah oh, yeah maybe uh, maybe he's gonna fucking time travel. No, you don't think that. You just follow the plot, and then you're blown away by the end by the unique ending instead of confused and having to look things up. Like, uh, whereas with hereditary, you were confused and had to look things up. Yeah. And when I say time, travel, I honestly, I felt, I felt okay with the ending of hereditary. I really did. It, it was so odd. It I was... really enjoyed it. I don't follow demon lawyer lore very much. If I had, then I would have been like, I know what's going on. I think, but it's also so not confusing. knowing, not, not knowing what was going on in that I... movie. I was still, I was still, I felt like I was watching something that I should not have been seeing. I also just don't I did not. I was. They I was, used the I was, name Paimon. It's a god, but they used it as a demon. Paimon is Paimon. P a i m o n. Paimon. I can't read. They used they used <laughs> him as a demon, but he's actually a god in lore, and he's the god of the air. He's the god of wind, and it, sometimes he's depicted with wings, which is why I think there was a lot of bird references in the movie and i think that's also why the girl had a fetish with birds which that's a neat that's a really neat part of the movie if you do go to watch it but there's a decent amount of little things that he throws in the movie that are fucking very nice there was a lot of neat stuff but it was also overall very confusing for me so what would you directorial debut directorial directorial debut so what would you rate the movie? Uh, how many tentacles do I have well, again? Six, but then if you really like it, you can give it the extra arms. I'll give it the five tentacles. Okay. I'll give it five tentacles because I really, I really loved it, but also I'm biased because I love horror and it really scared the shit out of me. And I will say there was a weird attic scene, and I have the same kind of attic door in my house. Did it and well, when I got back home, I was like, ah. Oh, Shit, my mom's on vacation, 
It's just me in this house alone by myself, and I have yeah. the same attic. So I was spawn, like, meh. Spawn. I'll just, spawn. Well, no, I was like, oh, I'll just open it and check in there and make sure there's no naked old people. Hey. Yeah, they really like nudity, and they really like corpses in this movie. I like nudity and corpses, especially nude corpses, because I'm a necrophiliac. And what do you rate the director, since you talked about him at the beginning? And the director, I would, I would also give him five. Okay. Are five you tentacles. excited for his next... The, I'm super stoked. Are so you kidding called, me? So it's called Bio is Beautiful. B Bo. B E B E B E A U is yeah. afraid. Bo is afraid. Yeah, that's Bo. what I said. Bo. Okay. Bo is B- I thought Bo would be B O for Bo. No, well, that's body odor. Okay, they're trying to be fancy. That's how you spell the name Bo. All right, you slippery foreskin suckers of the sea. My name is Maher, and today I'm going to be reviewing, yes, indeed, delicious buttermilk foreskin I retrieved from the local quickie market. Um, I went to Whole Foods recently, and I got the five skin. Oh, no oh, way. They have that yeah. now? It's quite nice. The PS5 oh, skin? It's I'm, quite nice. It's buttery. Nice. That must have cost Ooh. you a lot. Uh, I, used me, I used me mom's card. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. nice, matey. <laughs> yeah, my mom and I shared ourselves a nice five skin. <laughs> nice. All right. But really, though, today <laughs> I'm going to be reviewing an anime I once watched a wee long ago. Only a wee long, though. Not too long. Just a wee long. <laughs> it's called... That time I got reincarnated as a slime. Yeah, it's got a long title. It's a lot to scarf down. And at first, a wee long title. At first, six skin title. I was like, this is uh, fucking weird, and I'm probably not gonna watch it. And it looks like a girly anime. Yeah, that's right. I'm a sexist pig. I don't like a lot of those girly (laughs) animes out there. But wait, there's more. So. I one day decided, ah, fuck it, why not? And I clicked on it, and um, it was so odd. It starts out as as a regular human Earth world. He's got a bunch of friends. He's got, like, one best friend that's about to get married, and the best friend calls him up one day, and they're like, hey, let's uh, let's go for a walk. Let's go talk. Let's go enjoy the beautiful weather and they go outside Aww. uh hey. and he introduces him to her fiance wait um, so the best friend hadn't met the other best friend's fiance yet and they were about to get married no no okay. no he hadn't <laughs> met her yet so <laughs> they introduced the her but it's yeah. japanese people so they're probably all like oh what the fuck up when you arrange marriage oh 12 year old Anyways, yes, so. understandable. Yes, so. Happens all the time. Yeah, precisely. So they fucking they get this beautiful walk, and they're walking, and they're talking. They're walking, and uh, they're having some real sentimental chat. And and uh, then all of a sudden, this random homie just starts sprinting down the street. He's huffing and panting, and his face is sweating, and he wants blood and balls in his mouth. And then he goes up, fucking stabs the main character. 13 times in the stomach <laughs> and then bolts and runs away. All That's right. it. Just That's a drive-by right. stabbing. Drive-by The guy's laying there on the ground in fetal position. Right. His life's flashing before his eyes and his final wish before he dies is after I die, 
erase everything off of my computer. Understandable. <laughs> understandable. Oh, hey, man. Valid, valid. Uh, very valid last yeah. wish. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, all he wanted. And um, as he's dying, as he's dying, he's going, oh, it's so cold. You know, oh, but now my body's hot. Oh, oh uh, I can't see. My vision's getting blurry. Oh, this, not that, night. the other thing. And then there's this robotic voice in the background. Every time he says something, every time he says something, oh, it's so cold. He goes, cold resistance acquired. And it's like this fucking robot compiling all of these stats and compiling all of these abilities oh. as he keeps, as he's talking. And then he stops talking and it's like upload complete. And it fucking just <laughs> transports into another world. Blah, and he's like thick. naked. And then slime. Then he gains consciousness, and he he can't see at first. He gains consciousness, and it's, he's very obviously in some like fantasy world because he's a slime now. You can see that he's a slime, he but doesn't he doesn't know, know he's yet. a slime yet. Uh, he knows he's been reincarnated, and he knows that he died, obviously. He just witnessed himself die slowly and bleed out on the sidewalk. And so he's in this cave. He's in this cave, and he's a little slime, and he doesn't really know. He doesn't know what he can do. We got our little slime boy now. And he, you know, we'll fast forward a little bit. The stuff that he does, he kind of just walks around the cave and discovers, like, his capabilities. He's literally a blob. His his cave abilities? No, he's literally a blob. He's a circle, squishy little slime thing. He doesn't have arms. He doesn't have legs. His eyes don't open yet. He doesn't really have eyes either. He's kind of just like a slime. <laughs> yeah, and blob. but one of his qualities Relatable. is that he can devour everything and and dissolve it in his slime stomach. And this robo voice that reincarnated him, like, gave him a bunch of crazy traits and the ability to like adapt and absorb whatever uh, abilities from creatures that Sounds he like eats. Sounds like my ex-girlfriend. Um, so he yeah. Thing and then he gets it. Yeah, but he can also, like, refine stuff and create things inside of his void stomach. He'll, like, break it down, and the robo-voice will scientifically, like, explain its components to him, and then he'll be able to create it, just, like, at will, if he has the resources inside of himself. So he's in the cave, and there's all these herbs, and he just starts eating them all. He doesn't really know what they do, he just starts eating them all. He's eating them all, he's going crazy like a lawnmower on that coochie hole, Hell and yeah. uh, Robo Voice breaks it all down, and it's like the, some of the purest healing herbs you can find deep in the cave. Um, oh, look, yeah, some motherfucker. Yeah, and he eats all this magical stones. He falls into water and then discovers how to swim and how to propel water. And like, Oh, the blob can swim? He was like, oh, my God, I'm drowning. Am I really going to die like this again? And then he <laughs> was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm a slime. And then did it like he doesn't have to breathe or doesn't yeah. have to. So he's like, it's like an evolution um, type thing. Yeah. So he's underwater and uh, then he just discovers how to like siphon it and shoot himself like a squid and also how to shoot water out of himself after absorbing a bunch. Okay. Um, so he's gaining these all these basic abilities that are going to help him a ton. And then he stumbles upon a dragon. And this is where the plot really kicks off. There's a dragon sealed away in the cave. Dragon. The dragon's name is Veldora. It's a storm dragon and it once ruined all the cities of the world and caused chaos and brought horrors. Nice. And fires and hell queefs from the sky down onto the Jews. The dragon is trapped behind this magical bubble that an old hero warrior placed around him. 
And the dragon's going to die there. The dragon's slowly having its magical power sapped away over the years. And uh, the slime, way to go. slimy boy, whose na- his name is Rimuru, Rimuru. Uh, that's what he. That's the name he dons himself. Rimuru. Um, and uh, he's talking to the dragon and. Reem jab. And he's a little terrified at first, obviously. He does. The dragon. Fucking death dragon. Um, they eventually converse a bit. And um, after telling the dragon that he's going to leave the cave and never come back, the dragon goes, no, 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 no. Maybe we can be friends. No, 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 no. Um, maybe we can be friends. Maybe we can work something out. And so the dragon actually gives little slimy boy Rimuru an, a name. And that's really significant in this world. He his, he's already got the name Rimuru, but he he threw the word Tempest on the end as a last name, and so the Rimuru dragon Tempest is his name. Yeah, that's his full name. The dragon names him. The dragon gives him that name, and then you see this boom, ching, and a big shiny, and then it seems as though something happens to little slimy boy. Well, uh, later as as we find out, naming is actually like really significant in the world because it's. It's this neat world with like, you know, all of the creatures of myth, like orcs and goblins and ogres and elves and dragons and, you know, medieval shit. Uh, it's like all that, all that neat, neat genre of, you know, fortune and all fame. All that sexy goodness. Good stuff yeah. that everyone likes. Exactly. And so they vow to be friends and Rimuru vows to free him from his eternal torment someday, somehow. But he doesn't want to just Mark. leave him in the cave. Very nice. He doesn't want to just leave him in the cave and never come back because, first of all, having to come back is a pain in the ass. And leaving him in the cave, you know, he might forget about him. And so Arimuru just gets this right idea to swallow the dragon whole with the magic barrier and everything. And over time, eventually have the robo voice figure out a way to break the spell. Um, he can just absorb anything of any size. But the dragon's not dead. It's not dissolved. Like, anything of any size, sometimes it takes time, and sometimes the thing he's fighting against kind of, like, resists. But the dragon volunteers and lives inside of his void stomach. Like, it lives inside of this, like, endless darkness, pitless void. So does he expand when he eats something? He yeah, eats? yeah. Okay, he goes... So- he kind of, like, goes all over it, expands all over the body, and just starts sucking it down slowly. And so he takes this dragon and he's off. That's it. The story starts. He meets a gaggle, a group of goblins outside the cave, and they're terrified because his magical power is fucking off the charts because he ate the dragon of the well, fucking... He, he absorbed all the dragon's absorbed, power. No, he didn't absorb the dragon's power. It's just the power from the, from the dragon is emanating from inside of his void oh. stomach. But he himself is very powerful because of all the abilities uh, this mysterious robo-voice has given him. He's like, um, uh, what's it called? And uh, he, he's, he's, kind of, he's kind of as cute Kirby. as Jigglypuff. The character is never really portrayed as badass. It's more portrayed as like a cute, uh, fun-loving character that kind can also, also be kind of like Kirby can also be very bad at uh, yeah but I think Kirby's Kirby's for more more for like kids uh, like this anime actually well, goes I, into I, some gore I, at I'm, some point I'm mentally challenged and my brain activates at a kid's level so well then this is perfect for you I'm also retarded this is perfect it'll catch your attention right you know. away in that case and so these goblins are all scared and they're all like oh shit this homie's gonna murder us 
gonna kill us. He's gonna take our village, and uh, eventually, you know, they boil it down, rape the women, and yeah, it's not, it's not gonna not happen like women. that. They don't, they don't want to tickle his bungus. They don't want to smell his feet. Uh, they just take him back to the village, and they all become friends. They all become Rimuru's kind of like his beginning and his clan, and he has no foothold in this world. He doesn't really know much about it. He just, he's the, he's weird. He's like an oddball. He's got he's slime. He's got weird abilities, and he's very powerful, and nobody really knows the, his, his limits yet. Um, and so he just kind of populates this orc village and teaches them how to do things, like build fences and uh, war. Bas- he basically starts his own village, and then he names all the villagers. And as soon as he names the villagers, then they level up, and then they all get like special abilities, and all they're all unique and actually look like they can hold their own in a fight against a squirrel. Oh, okay. Um, so they become more badass? They become, they become more badass never, because in this world, when you name something, you're granting it power, and it automatically skips evolution steps and, and becomes powerful. Nice. Um, because you're imbuing it with magic. And the naming process is, is exhausting, uh, and it actually consumes a lot of power, so the slimy boy actually passes out a couple times. Which is neat, you know, it's not just like a cheat mechanic where you can create an army of fuck faces and then live forever. But it is very cool. Uh, and one of the coolest things is all of the traits that he absorbs from creatures and from things and people, how he creates relationships by helping people with his weird ass slime powers. He just kind of like accrues a bunch of allies and grows this weirdo village of goblins and shit. Until it's eventually, you know, a big, big, like, known city that is recognized by some of the giant capitals with, like, dwarf homies. And there's, like, a dwarf king that comes to recognize them. And it's neat. It's a very, it's very lighthearted. It's probably just as lighthearted as, I would say, like, One Piece or something like that. It's very short, though. I think it's, like, 24 episodes in total. Uh, it might be that's distinguishable it might be 24 it might be 34 uh but either way it's got a decent yeah i finished it all it's very good it it ends on a cliff not a cliffhanger but it ends on a note that suggests that there's definitely going to be more coming out i don't know when but i hope soon don't we um i do have trouble with those shows well that's not a problem just just because i feel like uh i mean i i'm saying that this one's good because I could actually finish it. Well, yeah, it's like it's not. Like it's the, not done though. I don't think like it's done. It's not done. It's not like Naruto or One Piece, like with seven thousand episodes. Well, Naruto is just garbage. One Piece is actually good until they start okay, adapting. I'm just saying. I'm 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 just talking about stuff that has a lot of episodes. I don't yeah, care for Naruto. Those are those are time it. sinks. You know, you could end up enjoying them, but the reason people get turned off by those is because of the amount of episodes. Like they just don't give it a shot. You like you never know. So I'm saying this this because this you're one's talking short, about, you're gonna this, be more into you could, it. You could do it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Probably, but probably you could probably finish it on a weekend, especially now that there's COVID stuff. Yeah, going you around. could. You could. It's definitely probably could. Yeah, if you're in Australia or New Zealand, you're not allowed to leave your house. You might as well just watch anime. It's neat. It, the plot's pretty straightforward. You kind of just watch our little slimy home. Watching a lot of porn. Absorb a lot probably. of stuff, a lot of people, and uh, make enemies, more more make friends, become powerful. Yeah. You know, get new abilities, and sometimes. A lot of the time, actually, it's probably one of the main 
forms of uh, character progression that the main character sees is when he absorbs powers and absorbs things, some of his old powers that already exist combine uh, to make just more efficient, more powerful versions of stuff that he already has. And sometimes he himself combines the tactics together to make cool new spells and neat nice. stuff that's like completely unknown to the people of the world. What would you rate the show? I'd give it probably like a six, a six tentacles out of six tentacles. Nice, it gets the it's full got, six. It's got, it's got a lot. Come, dude. It's got a lot of really, really solid characters. They're very, it's very entertaining <clears throat> to watch. Everybody kind of plays a cool role, and there's also a lot of really cool battling, and there's some wars that happen as a result of the enemies and and friends that are created by our homie Rimuru. Uh, it's really neat. There's even like a, a gore aspect, not too much, but there is enough to where it's really neat and interesting. Okay. It's a it's a really neat overpowered main character anime. If I you're like the gore. if you need to just turn your brain off and watch something like that, sounds like something up my alley. Yeah. Howdy, folks, and welcome back. This is Chris, and I'm going to be re- kind of doing a double review today. I'm going to be reviewing uh, <laughs> the two the two different versions of the show, The Producer, or the movie, The Producers. I'm a licensed insurance producer. Yeah, you are. I'm a registered sex offender. <laughs> that you are as well. It smells like fresh vagina in here. Ah, jeez. So The Producers is a was originally made in 1967, 68 by Mel Brooks. So the plot is this washed up has been producer named Max Bialystok uh, is uh, living you know, dead end of his career, everything he makes flops. Oh, this movie. Yeah, yeah and this, this guy, this accountant Leo Bloom shows up and is doing his books for his latest play and he realizes that Max overraised money for his play. And, and so he had 2000 extra dollars that he spent on himself. So he actually only spent less than what he actually raised. And then My he... ex-girlfriend used to have overraised. Oh, wow's well, a doodle. <laughs> Did she? And then she got them removed and became a man. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's so why I left him. From so... Kimberly to Mohammed hey. overnight. So, so anyway. No more, no more, yeah. so, I'm a so after idiot. that, Leo, because Leo's kind of an innocent guy says well maybe a producer can make more money with a flop than a hit if you just take this idea and you scale it up and you raise a million dollars and you spend sixty thousand because the irs doesn't investigate a flop because no money is made right and then max actually takes that idea seriously and eventually convinces leo to help him and they produce a play that's supposed to be the biggest flop in history and ends up actually becoming a huge success and they get arrested for fraud so it's a play like a Broadway film. So the rich, so here's the thing. So the, I mean a Broadway. So they're producing like a broad. A so they're producing a Broadway play. The play they pick is called Springtime for Hitler. I love Hitler. <laughs> and, I mean, I love spring. I love spring. So the, it's my favorite season. So the, they pick it because it's a love letter to Hitler. Oh yeah. They produce. They find the gayest, worst, worst and gayest director in all of Broadway to direct the uh, show and they hire the worst possible actor they think they can to, to play Hitler but and initially like as they're watching the first opening act of the play it seems to be working but then what happens is when Hitler takes the stage he's portrayed as such a bad 
kind of weird, bizarre way that the fans start laughing at it because it's making fun of Hitler. It's not actually being serious. Okay. And that makes it a runaway success. Because oh, well, it beautiful. ends up mocking the Nazis. Because they, they accidentally create a play mocking the Nazis when they were originally making a play that was supposed to be all about the Nazis. So this sounds like it could have been a really good movie the first time. So it was. So <laughs> they made it the first time in 67, and then they re- then they made a Broadway play in 2001, and then they took the Broadway play and made that into a movie yeah. in 2005. Milk and Dogs. Mel Brooks wrote and directed the original movie... He wrote the new movie, but he didn't direct the new movie. It shouldn't have happened. Uh, it, I, I agree with you. So there's a couple big differences between them. The One of the biggest differences is that Matthew Broderick is not Gene Wilder. He cannot play the character the way that Gene did, but he tries to. No, so Gene... And it really does not work when Matthew Gene, Broderick Gene Wilder, they've, re- they've remade at least one movie... Gene Wilder, the Wonka one. Yeah, it didn't work Chocolate either. Chocolate Factory. And nope. they even were like, Johnny Depp will probably do this justice. Uh, no. Nope. You can't. You can't replicate. Nope. I don't know what it is, yeah. but Gene Wilder's great. And in, so in the original one, he's, the Leo Bloom is like this shy guy, but he gets these like intense, like, not panic attacks. It's something else. He he gets like super frantic. And he gets super like, and he'll be like, ah, ah, and he'll start screeching. Oh, and yeah, it's hilarious. Yelly, and it's great. And then when Matthew Broderick tries to do it, it just doesn't work the same way. He feels like he's playing a guy playing a Gene Wilder playing the character instead of yeah. just doing the character. Yeah, so it, so it sounds like he probably, he probably just watched the original and read the original script. Well, he was, Matthew and Broderick was, like, was in the, well, Matthew Broderick was in the musical. On Broadway, so they brought the two main that's, leads that's from the musical fine. on that's Broadway fine. and had put them into the. That's movie. fine, but a, a, a musical on Broadway is different. much different than a movie. So the movie yeah. is, follows more the musical on Broadway. The second biggest difference, and what I think hurts the play overall, is the fact that the new one, the 2005 one, is a musical. The original one is not a musical. The original one is just a straight-up comedy. It's shorter. It's leaner. It's funnier. This one is how well. How did the Broadway? Musical. How did the Broadway play do? Uh, I think it did really well, which is why so they, they were, made the movie. That's why they were. Yeah, yeah that's exactly why they were capitalizing but, it. They were probably like, "Let's make the play into a movie, to Blah, me, musical, to me. so that homies can watch it at home." But to me, the reason why it doesn't work is they replace. I know it's a comedy, but there's a scene at the end where Leo Bloom's like, "No one ever treated me the way Max did, and that's why we're good friends and stuff." And that's set up by an earlier scene where Max hangs out with Leo all day, and that's how he convinces him to join him and be and make the flop. Mm. In the musical, they just replace that scene, Excuse just two me. songs: one where Max tries to convince him, and then one where Leo's like, "I'm so unhappy. I'm gonna be a Broadway producer because it's what I've always wanted to be." So I'm going to follow my dreams. So it's not really about Max saying anything. It's just Leo decides to follow his dreams. And it kind of changes the ending. And it's just kind of not, it's just not as good. It's not as funny. It's just, it just doesn't, it feels forced. It feels way more forced for some reason. 
So you have kind dunks. of a, a versus going on. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm. I'm com- kind of comparing them side With by these side. Two. Which one yeah. I would recommend yeah. in the end is what will be revealed. Yeah. So is it the new one? I watched yeah, a bit one. of the musical. <laughs> I watched a bit of the I new one. I watched a bit yeah. of the new one. It, it, it's true. Yeah, the characters seem very forced because they're trying to be that that top quality of the original, and it just never works. Uh, and I also personally am not a huge fan of musicals. Yeah, if you don't like musicals, you don't watch the new one. I fucking love musicals. <laughs> I want to watch the old one because the characters in the new one were playing versions. so weird and odd. And I, I just want to see what it what the original. I'm probably going to watch the original at some point to so see the actual, you know, the, original art. The original. Acting. The the original is great. I think that the new one wasn't trying to do the original justice. They were trying to do the Broadway film, or not the, the Broadway film, the Broadway show justice, and that's why it, it was a fucking musical, because yeah. most of the things on Broadway are pretty music-y. Yeah, it's yeah. geared towards like 55-year-old white grannies and their grandkids sitting in the or, yeah, the original or, movie or, was or, not that. Yeah. So one of the biggest <laughs> theater girls that are like ma 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 ma. So one of the one of the biggest differences is in the original one they I don't know what the budgets are, I didn't look that up, but I assume they had a small budget. So everything is set like Max Bialystok's apartment is in this dingy little place and it's just like everything's run down his windows disgusting like he has to wipe his window to see to out of see it, out of it. like it's this dingy little Ooh. shitty place and when you meet him he's trying to fuck an old lady so she'll give him money oh yeah <laughs> so yeah. he raises money for his plays is he fucks i love old ladies and oh, so yeah. It is hysterical, Hashtag and they, they do like role playing, like some little role playing scenes and yep. stuff. And it's yeah, it's pretty hot. It's hysterical. And then in the new one, because <laughs> they had such a big budget, instead of giving him a little crappy rundown apartment, he had this big, luxurious apartment. It's like a New York City studio yeah. on the top floor he, of a skyscraper. He didn't have to wub down his window. He's, yeah. He just got to open his window and walk out into his patio that he had, and it's. And it just threw off the whole thing of here's this desperate oh, yeah. guy scrambling well, yeah, to make exactly. ends meet, you, and instead you... it looks like he's doing fine fucking old women for money. He's yeah, still that's doing what that. I thought. He's still doing that. The, yeah, Seriously? They haven't, they All right, well, at that point, it's just a fetish. They didn't change the core plot. In the new one, he's still supposedly poor and not making any money, but the way he's living... And his apartment does oh, not. Oh well, that's not very that nice. Then that makes anyone who's actually poor in New York feel like absolute shit. Yeah, it <laughs> makes, it just doesn't work at all with what they're trying to portray. Honestly, not even that poor in New York. You could, yeah. be, you could be doing pretty well for yourself in New York and not have a good apartment. But uh, I do have to say one thing though: Nathan Lane did a good job of doing his own version of Max Bialystok instead of trying. To do what was the original guy's name? Click the computer. Zero person who's zero, off screen. Zero Joel Zero Mostel did the original. Uh, what? Yeah. Did, Can did, you did not the, with that? Same, what? The original guy. He did the original Max Bielsa. And he and what I re- respect about Nathan Lane is Nathan Lane. <laughs> Nathan Lane does his own thing with it. That's one of the few. I would say saving graces of the new one is that Nathan Lane does his own thing and it kind of works. Yeah, I didn't think he was that bad. Yeah. I thought he was pretty good, as a matter of fact. But then... Uh, uh, I'm thinking about Nathan Fillion. 
No, wrong, wrong Nathan. But another part is in the original one, the old ladies are old. Like in the old one, in the 67 version, they are old. They're probably at least in their 60s, 70s. 80s like and they show multiple one like they're, and they're all they're not they're not like old people they're not like young people in old makeup they're old ladies yeah, they're all dead now in yeah in this one <laughs> because they have a dance number with all the old ladies they're all young people in old makeup but it's ah. not but it's not even great old makeup you can tell that it's young people in old makeup and it For doesn't sake and even the woman in the start part where you run into is the same thing so it just doesn't doesn't work the whole vibe just is feels different and it all just feels more fake and forced and yeah we want less real genuine. old lady tits okay yeah it just feels less genuine than the original one in pretty much every way the original is way better you can find them both on amazon my pop Prime pop right had now. the good taste in the mu- movies yeah finger food he's fishing around in your colon that's how he gets you to really <laughs> To launch that ejaculate. <laughs> yes, sir. So they're both on Amazon Prime right now. You have to pay two ninety nine to rent the original. The oh. new one is free. Of course, the new <laughs> one's tell free. You all you need yeah. to know Look about yeah. what people are really want to watch. Two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. It's two ninety nine. It's not bad. You get like I think you get two days. I mean, it's like a sixty-minute. You get two days with a crusty granny. So, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. probably, I can masturbate to that at yeah. least eight times. There's a lot of other differences between the two movies that I don't necessarily want to get too much into, but the core plot's the same, and almost everything around the plot's different. The newer one has a lot of heavy-hitting stars. You know, you got Uma Thurman, you got uh, Will Ferrell's in there, and it's still just is not as good or as funny as the original which doesn't have the same well i think they all just agreed to get on board just because i figured it's a big name too now big name big name big broadway hit i think that they thought that the movie was gonna be like some big fucking thing well mel brooks wasn't huge in the 60s when he i don't think he was as big a name when he i think the original one was one of his earlier movies wreck my bungus please he wasn't huge yet at that point, I don't believe. No, but I mean, any any movie that they make off of a pretty critically acclaimed yeah. Broadway hit normally does kind of decently, at least. Yeah, no, it did. It like did the well. Live action Lion King movie. So, if I had to rate the two of them separately, I would say the original is, I'd say, a five and a half out of six tentacles. It's mm. a great comedy. Gene Wilder is. He's just great at playing every different type of character that you need him to play, and he's great at playing this frenetic, kind of tightly wound guy, Leo Bloom. He's just great at playing that character. The the new one, I would say, two and a half. Oh, yeah, two and a half. Which is the lowest I think I've given anything that Good, I've done fuck so them. far because it's not really fucking funny. Matthew Broderick. It's not really funny. Especially once you watch the original. Maybe if you haven't watched the original and you just watched the new one, maybe you'll find it funny. But once you've seen the original one, you're like, how just it doesn't translate. They just get rid of all the kind of dirty, dirty, grimy stuff that makes the original one funny and just glam it up. And it just it doesn't just doesn't work. Yeah, it just does not really work. The musical numbers are not good enough to warrant replacing what they were 
replacing what was in there before, in my opinion. It seems like or, an obvious... And, and they pad out the movie with some of the music. So the, so the new one's actually like 30 minutes longer than the original one. So it, se- it seems like it was just a cash cow. Let's, I think put, a bunch like, of, yeah. let's put a bunch of real celebrities in this shitty movie. Yeah. Throw musical into it. The producers, Mel Brooks fans will go see it. And then fucking probably be left in disgust. Well, I think they might have been trying to hook a new generation of fans too, but it wasn't going to work. It doesn't have that same. Oh, it's impossible. Thing. It's impossible. It. That's like remaking so, Blazing Saddles. They they can't. Well, that's impossible to remake now. You just no one has a sense of yeah, humor for well, it anymore. I want to. Though. I want to remake. I would it. love to. I am setting would, up a campaign right now to remake Blazing Saddles. You would. You, no one would ever just. They already put. They were putting warnings in front of that movie already because people didn't get it. Because people now are so dumb, they don't get it. That was my grandpa's favorite movie, mainly because they said the N-word a lot. So, my girl, Devin, and I watched The Producers together, and (laughs) she was telling me her dad took her mom out on their first date was to go see Blazing Saddles. (laughs) And it worked. They got married, so, you know. Charming movie. That's great. Yeah. Nothing yeah, like just... uh, an N word to seal your deal. Yeah, apparently. Apparently, people don't. People nowadays don't get it. At Probably all. more I, expensive I than a diamond ring, anyways. My grandfather told me that uh, when they found out that the sheriff was a nip and then like gunshot or something, yeah. you say and then gunshot. Yeah. My grandfather was like, he's a nip. And then someone in the audience was like, popcorn! <laughs> so he wasn't able to say it either. Oh, they cut him off. Yeah. But yeah, definitely And then he said it like 50 45 times. or 56 yeah. times after that. Yeah. And he got kicked out of the theater. So definitely recommend the original. He's dead now. It's worth the price. It's worth the price. I would assume so. It's... It's Mel fr- Brooks, guys. Yeah, it's Mel Brooks. Mel it's, Brooks, guys. It's, it's Come ri- on. And it's original yeah. Mel Brooks. It's not like older, maybe a little, having a little less. This is kind of old, old, original Mel Brooks. There's a little more edge to him. And I think comedies are best when they're on a smaller budget and they have to make things work. And that's usually when you get the funniest stuff. And this is one of those movies where... I they- agree. The low budget works perfectly with the plot and exactly and the characters and it just it, it's really well done. It's kind of something that we possibly will never see again. Probably not. Not with Ugh. not the way things are now. <laughs> big, All right. Big budget comedy makes gay movies. Alright, folks. We are at the end of today's episode. Yes. And at the table of Squid Gilfs, I Ooh. am Chris. Over here is the redheaded gilf. Oi! I'm a stupid fucking idiot. Andy, stupid fucking idiot gilf. Oh. And over here is Ooh, man. the third gilf. I'll squeeze my party. powdered milk into your open gaping bungus. You want powdered That's milk? I like to. Uh, Go see my hair yeah. for your powdered milk fetish, you gilf fan. Yeah. Um, All right, everybody. And we'll see you later. Nest quick. Roll the credits.